Before we begin, a quick disclaimer. Today's guest is a sommelier, and we just wanted to let our listeners know that this episode contains some mention of alcoholic beverages as it pertains to his profession. Hi, I'm Tatiana Antonelli, and you're listening to Forward Talks by Goombook, a podcast about moving towards sustainability. Thanks to our partners, Our Space, for their support. Our Space is the first co-working community that connects humans with nature. Find out more at ourspace.work. Our guest today is Luca Gagliardi, general manager at Pierre Chic, one of the most iconic restaurants and a personal favorite. Luca started out as a sommelier in his hometown in Bari, southern Italy, where he first encountered the concepts of sustainability that became an important aspect of his work today. His father was a winemaker, and back in the 70s and 80s, it was a fairly unregulated industry. The, the, the things about my father and the, wine, and the wine is that he never drank somebody else's wine. Already in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, the mass production of wine was very, very common for uh, obvious reason. Uh, little farmers or little uh, winemakers, they were kind of knew that they could use fertilizer or pesticides and they were very, very scared of what you could put something in the wine practically. That's why my father always drank his own wine and I brought to him Chateau Margaux and Petus. I brought to him the best one in the world, and he never tasted it. In the uh, end of the 70s, 80s, uh, the manipulation of wine on uh, using uh, alcohol in uh, 1985, we don't have to forget that in Italy we, we killed a person by methanol. So we protected with the DOCG or the DOC in terms of hyperappellation. But in terms of table wines, we were not protected. And of course, in, in order to raise the alcohol level, instead to use sugar, you used to use methanol. So different type of alcohol that could really harm you. So I come from a family with a very strong principle in how to make wine. So you translated this uh, into a, a sustainable approach. I think for many, many years, I never understood, to be honest, because you go mostly around the world and trying to work for the best restaurant and do as many experiences as you can do. So I've been working uh, 10 years with Gordon Ramsay, Marco Pirwhite, Conrad Gallagher, cruise ships, you name it. But of course, the more you grow and the more you reach a family level, so you're growing your own family and you have your own kids, then you start to see things differently. So my question was always lately, what can be the best restaurant today? How can we measure to have a very good restaurant by the capability of a chef or the plating or what, what can define? Because we live in a society that is going very, very fast. So mostly in Dubai, we're very lucky because we have hands on a very international type of restaurant. So all the brands mostly are here. And finally, we have some local brands that they exported to, to Europe. I've been uh, kind of um, shown from the wine side how a wine can be made today. And uh, this was in 2008 when one person brought to me a, a bottle of Gravener, that is an Italian winemaker that makes wine like the, the Georgian, 
used to make 500 years ago. And when you taste this wine, you understand that oxidation is there. And on whatever book I've, I've read, oxidation was always kind of some kind of not really a good sign of winemaking. It's okay if it's in a sweet wine or different appellation like Vinsanto or Madeira, but not in a steel wine. So I start to see the wine and go deep and understanding why 500 years ago those wines were made in this way and when did we switch the way we are making wine today. Uh, I understood that there are few things in the wine world today coming alive and they are not seen anymore as a fashion. There are some believers in winemaking that believes that the health is the starting point of winemaking and you have to treat the soil not for the goods of yourself, but for the goods of the next generation to come. Because in all these years, in the last 30, 40 years, we've been abusing our soil with fertilizer, pesticides, and everything in order to do uh, a wine as fast as we can. From the wine, I start to see into food, going back to the sustainability. Sustainability based itself on three factors, and we call it on three P, that is people, planet, and profit. Of course, any organization has to be based on profitability. Okay, people, we understand this for us, it's for the next generation, planet. We need to understand that we need to save the planet in the next, for the next generation. I start to understand that maybe it's better to go and buy your vegetables and fruit to the farmer's market when we start to see the farmer's market, you know. So this is a way for us to save people and planet and for the second is to support those businesses in terms of sustainability. And that's why when they give me Pirshik as a restaurant, then I start to put everything together and see if it can be done in one restaurant, such restaurant as Pirshik it is. So you started applying your personal social responsibility yeah. to, your, to your activity, to your business. What happens behind managing it's such a beautiful and important restaurant like Pierre Chic. But for me, it's an icon. I, I used to go to Pierre Chic since I have been in Dubai. Um, it's uh, the synonym of great food, great quality food. So how did you take it to the next level? So the pier has been there since 1978. So for us, was always the pier is different from Pierre Chic, from the restaurant. So it's like to have two entities to safeguard. How we're gonna save the pier and how we're gonna make it last longer and trying to get something that is still ongoing nowadays is to be part of the heritage of Dubai. Because it's one of the things still standing since 1978 in Dubai. <laughs> For Dubai standards, it's a very, very long time. So we start to see the pier, we start to see the restaurant. The restaurant was this, a French, like modern European um, menu. It came natural to say, okay, let's go more on the seafood side because we are in the middle of the sea. And being in the middle of the sea, and we start to understand, okay, we need seafood product. And what are the best seafood product uh, available to us? And the whole idea is, what defines the best product, you know? So I start, when we go around the restaurant to see a uh, recipe or to, to see how they are doing at the restaurant, it's odd that you go to a restaurant and you see, and you see sea bus, mm. and you see sea bream, and then you start to, to wonder the ingredients list, no? where it come from. <laughs> so we start to 
want to understand where those products have come from. And luckily enough, there was a fishmongers from Cornwall that used to supply a tourbot to a bourgeois arab, only the tourbot. So we get in contact with this fishmonger and we came to know he was the president of the, arch the lobster archery in UK and all these things. So he had a base in Cornwall and he's a fishmonger that buys fish from, fish, uh, from a fisherman and he delivered to the best restaurant in, uh, in UK. So that was the first move we did it in terms to, under, to source product. They are from sustainable sources are of very, very good quality. Of course, there is always the carbon footprint that they need to be reduced because as far as you import product, you will still have the carbon emission. We started with looking for sustainable sources outside Dubai, so the tuna, we, we, we need to fish the tuna that has not the eggs because the eggs needs to be released when the tuna gets into the Mediterranean. So there are certification coming from Japan or we have to buy a Chilean sea bus from the French because the French, they got a, a certification that they fish the, the Chilean sea bus in some of the times of the year on some weight. So there is a kind of certification. So we've been looking for those products outside UAE first, and then we start to think on the carbon emission. And luckily enough, there are so many companies now in Dubai doing fish farm. So of course, farming fish has been always something that we denied to have it in a very high-end restaurant because line caught is always the best fish coming from the ocean. But thinking on sustainability and having a discussion with some of my friends in Germany, somebody made me realize that if the world would only eat line caught fish, we will swim in an empty sea. So fish farming is very good for sustainability. But of course, you need to check those fish farm, how they're doing their job. We went properly in Diba. We called the guy and we said, we're coming to check you. We're very interested in your product. You're doing deep oysters, but we don't know anything about you. So we went and we, were, we met some very beautiful people in this journey because they're all following organic. And of course, when you start to talk with somebody that shares the same vision, it just things get together. So we've been, we've been shown how they grow the oysters, how they do, and of course, everything that is behind as well in terms of the, 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 the funds and the resource that they need. And of course, they need people like us to sustain the business. Always in Diba, there is somebody that is farming um, the, the Amur Sibas and Sibrim, and those are the same people that they have in the Jebel Ali a Salmon Farm. No. There's a salmon farm? There is a salmon farm. So we were so interested that by standards, it's the biggest fish farm on land in the world. So it got the attention of CNN, it got the attention of so many people. Strangely, the salmon, they have, a, they have a hatcheries for salmon. Those are lock fine salmon from uh, Scotland, and they hatched here, so they become kind of... Dubai, Emirati, or local <laughs> salmon, the way you want to call. And they reproduce partially the life in, uh, in the river. So 
true addition of oxygen, type of current, speed of the current, or whatever, they do electronically from your mobile application, they can reproduce uh, uh, the salmon, the, the, the baby salmon living in, uh, in the river. And of course, when the baby salmon is small, it goes to one direction. And then when it starts to grow, the salmon knows by the DNA that it has to go in the river. So it starts to act weirdly. And then is when they take from this pound and they put in another pound that reproduce the, the ocean. And it's just unbelievable to see. It's not from the clean and tidiness, but from the technology they're using and the investment behind. And, uh, and then we had to go back to cook for the prime for the minister uh, for the the minister of food safety because there is all the interest of the government. We all know that in Dubai the Dubai municipality has very very high standards compared to the rest of the world. And lately we've we've been watching uh, vegetables and and vegetables done in a hydroponic way. They use a really really low amount of water and no soil. So they cannot even say that, that they are organic because there is no fertilizer and pesticides, but they have no even soil. The soil is made by a compost that, if they want, this compost can be made by a wastage of restaurants. So hydroponic, it goes perfectly in an environment that is like the desert because, of course, what we have as main issue in a desertic area, of course, is water, number one. And number two, you cannot bring soil from outside UAE because, of course, you're not going to go and destroy the ecosystem of uh, the desert. So this is, goes perfectly in line with the sustainability. Probably 10 years ago, we will not even know. There are so many people don't know that. But the more you dig inside uh, our Emirates, there are so many business and startups uh, devoted to sustainability in terms of food. No, definitely. And I think the role of businesses such as yours is really important in supporting the other businesses. Uh, as you said, if you were not there to buy the oysters and the fish and the burrata, who would buy it? And uh, you also do a kind of education to your consumer. I'm sure you, they must actually ask you, how can you source this product? Uh, do, do you have that interaction? You know, sometimes uh, it gets quite, uh, I don't want to say weird, as, of course it's the first talk to, to our client, is the, the bread. But great, great restaurants, he will always put all his best he has in, the, in those products that generally are free for the clients. So what is free for the clients? The bread and the petit four. So for the bread, we did it, uh, we asked for a, a local company, a local uh, baker, Sven, very famous in Dubai because he's one of the believes in a quality and sourdoughs. And so we asked him to produce a, a bread that is a very long, with the long fermentations. And we're talking about four, five, six days fermentation bread. And of course, the more you ferment the bread, the less that you active chemically create the uh, gluten. So it's actually a gluten-free of course, you cannot say gluten-free bread, but actually, technic technically is. Of course, when you start to say those these things to your clients, your clients look at you and say, excuse me, why seven days? So when we start to say, at the beginning, I remember, it was 
quite interesting to people didn't know. And this was only two years ago. But because, as I said before, we are going very, very fast, in only two years, and because there are so many coffee shops, bakers now, everybody, so if before 90% will ask you what is a, a sourdough, today maybe you have 50% only asking. So Pierre Chic is, is the iconic restaurant, one of the iconic restaurants of the Jumeirah Group, part of the Alcazar. Um, of course, you have different restaurants, hundreds of restaurants within Alcazar, Minat Salam, Burj Al Arab. So do you feel you've been breaking grounds? Do you feel you've inspired other restaurants in the group to follow your footsteps? You know, even if I was very, very strong in my idea of sustainability and sourcing those type of product and having an operation made in a certain way, you can only do if you believe. I have to mention that. And plus, you need to have people that believes inside your company. So we are part of a Jumeirah restaurant group that is part of Dubai Retails in Dubai Holdings. And the person used to be in charge of Jumeirah Restaurant Group that used to be used to be Emma Banks was one of the major player role in uh, in uh, define the the way to go. So it, it was she came to GRG, I came to GRG, many other people came to GRG, and of course there were around one table people that believed. And as soon as we said, let's remove the plastic. On that table, it was just a big cheer up. Because it's more easy to say, who cares? It's very, very easy. But when you say, I care, you care. It doesn't matter what it takes. And believe me, it takes much longer, and it takes lots of effort, and it takes most of everything. You know, When you wake up in the morning and say, off plastic today, you have to do today, you know? It's a, it's a journey that you, know, you can take on your own and fight for it. And there is a journey that is shared by the same people in the same organization. And it makes it easy. It makes it easy mostly from, uh, from uh, not only a professional point of view, but a personal point of view, knowing that everybody in our organization really cares about, uh, about the, the sustainability and what we can do in our little to change the world. And it changed. And we see today, for example, the staff. One of my staff came to me and said, Luca, I will buy a, you know, instead to take public transportation, he took a scooter, an electric scooter to go from his house to, to Pershik. And you see how happy he was to give me this news. So it's kind of very spread. It's nice to work in an environment as a restaurant where usually it's always money, 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 money. And today, when we do briefing or we anything we do, it has to be always the sustainability somewhere. It's true. I mean, at the end, to be a responsible business yeah. or a responsible person, you need to be informed and to and and in, in order to make then the responsible choice. And it's always nice when uh, we see other hotels that or other restaurants that they come with the same philosophy and. Even if they remove only the, the steering plastic for us, makes a very great success. You share lots of your knowledge with the other people in the industry. And what makes you go really more deep and deep is because uh, we all help each other. 
So as far as somebody starts, we're all there to help. And if somebody does not start, we are there to let them understand. So now, what is the next step for you? Stressing with uh, product. There's many things we can do, you know, to obtain and trying to be the 100% sustainable. It would be very, very difficult to have the, our wastage and make it into compost. It's not a big, it's not a big dream. It's a reality, just where we're going to store the machine to convert our... So it can be very, very near the hotel, can be in other. So this is one of the main priority we have. We tried as well to have a solar panel, so we went to a company, but we could only use 15 watts, and because everything is run in Pershik as, um, as uh, electric, we will need something like 130. So it's quite big, the difference, but... We, didn't, we don't want to stop there. We're going to see if placing uh, batteries could be or only using this technology of solar during the day. Uh, so there are, there are lots of things still to do. It's not, it's not a stopping journey trying to be as sustainable as we are. Of course, we, we want to be also involved more in society in this one. That's why we did the first uh, summit on sustainability. And uh, we, we invited uh, from Pure Circle, Dr. Martin Blake, that he sees sustainability from a completely different point of view, that even as sometimes we say, wow. When we did the summit, we understood that there, there were so many other people fighting for sustainability. And it's, it's amazing what can, what can bring a summit or a talk. And that's why we're very, very interested in, uh, in uh, being the community and uh, be helped by other people and show us better ways to do sustainability. And to, of course, from our side, teach whoever is starting the journey on sustainability. And it's one thing we really want to, to do and above everything is to try to support as much as we can all the companies there today starting the journey in uh, in, uh, in this direction and uh, bringing product to, to our kitchen and use all our power of social network in order to let other people know. But of course, we never have to forget that we are giving all this onto our clients and clients needs to be teached, trained as well on this one. And we're very happy. And we wish that one person one day will come to Pirshik and say, I'm coming to Pirshik because you're sustainable. That will be the best, uh, I will say, merit out of all these one is to finally have people that don't only come for the food or for the beautiful location and uh, wherever Pierschik represents for many people, this will be the best. So we're trying to figure out first inside our company how to prevent food wastage. And we've been acting in ways that, for example, our Friday brunch, we have two brunch on Friday, on Saturday. We don't do any kind of uh, buffet. So you are there. You want more, we give you more. You want less, we don't give you. Of course, there is other wastage like trimmings in the restaurant, you know. To make a nice 200 grams of filet, you need to remove probably 20, 30 grams that it will be looked like a tail. <laughs> We've been uh, using since 1st of January that our staff eats inside the restaurant and no more to a canteen where there is waste, food wastage as well. Of course, we have to buy things for, the, for our staff because it will be not enough. 
But then everything else that goes from uh, trimmings or anything that will go into wastage, but not because it's not good, it's just not presentable aesthetically. So we use everything. And <laughs> it was quite strange because, of course, you have uh, like 500 dirhams that you can buy for, uh, for the stuff a month. And uh, in reality, we only use uh, sometimes a month, 90 dirhams, wow. because everything else comes from wastage. It was a pleasure hearing about all things sustainability at Pierre Chic, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can connect with us on social media by searching for Goombook or by visiting our website, goombook.com, which also has all our episodes and links to subscribe to the show. We'll have a short bonus episode with Luca out later this week, and we'll be back with a new guest on Tuesday. See you then!